This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak in the postseason mode of the NFL season. Unfortunately, the New Orleans Saints are not part of that postseason after finishing a 7-10 record. Jumbled up with everybody else in the lousy NFC South. That Tampa is was the only representative who will be playing in the weekend games. Jeff, how does it feel at least to know you can be home on the couch watching football and not having to worry about really reporting on it? Yeah, it's the Saints are in off-season mode while there are half the leagues in postseason mode. And that is nice if you are one of the people like me who got very sick and tired of this season very early on. Um, and now you can kind of talk about the things that you need to fix rather than the things that they can't seem to get right. And so that's kind of nice. And that's what we talked about with Dennis Allen this week and his kind of final kind of break press conference, right? It's kind of like the last day of school. Everyone's cleaning out their lockers and going home. And so we talked about plans for the offseason, plans for the coaching staff, and it all kind of boils down to wait and see because they're not ready to make any decisions yet. We're going to get into that. We're also going to get into a question I think is important and it's going to be something this team has to figure out is is Chris Olave a wide receiver one you know we kind of is he the guy you can put on an island with the other team's best cornerback and say okay you're one-on-one we're going to go to you and you're going to make a play I think that's a good question we have some stats to break that down it's going to be the second segment and then the final segment is going to be we're going to set up kind of the playoffs because I'm interested in watching the playoffs and I know you are as well the NFC playoffs are going to be interesting even though there's no good teams, that's why they're going to be interesting. And the AFC playoffs are going to be a lot of really good quarterbacks. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. We're going to get into that in the third segment. But first, here is what Dennis Allen's 
final press conference kind of boiled down to, and I'll preface this by saying, I think he was pretty open about a lot of things. Like he wasn't hiding anything, but I think genuinely this team is not going to overreact and make kind of spur of the moment decisions based on what happened in week 18, how the season ended. They're going to take their time like they always do. And uh, that's going to be kind of how uh, this team operates, just like it always has. Well, look, again, I mean, I know we're all looking for, you know, what's the the exact plan moving forward. I don't think that one day after a, you know, 18-week, 17-game season um, is the time that all those questions are answered. I think this is the time to evaluate those things um, and, and come up with a plan as we move forward. And so certainly, um, as I said already, that, that you know, 7 and 10 is not – uh, what we expect to be our standard around here. And, and so uh, we've got to look at everything to try to improve ourselves. Or it might be too early to ask this, but do you anticipate anything to change conference before here? Yeah, again, that's not where we're at right now. I think, look, we're going to evaluate everything. We're going to evaluate, just like I get evaluated, um, we're going to evaluate where we need to improve um, and that evaluation has not taken place yet, uh, but that'll 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 happen here shortly, and we'll have a plan moving forward. So yeah, there's not going to be anything going on this week. I would imagine this isn't going to be a team that just fires its top coordinators the day after the season ends. And I I know people have been kind of frustrated about that on on social media. I've seen it. Uh, I know Mickey Loomis was on WWL yesterday kind of saying, yeah, this is going to be something that we take our time with. And like, I don't get the frustration around that. Like well-run organizations aren't the ones that are constantly firing coordinators and coaches based on, you know, these kind of emotional situations. Like that's not how good teams operate. And so like, I don't mind this team taking a few minutes. Like, these are people, right? It's not like you're just, you know, like cutting heads off, at, you know, at the end of the season. Like you got to at least evaluate and talk to people before you just, you know, start firing people. So that's, I think that's a weird criticism that, oh, it's it's Wednesday and this team hasn't fired anyone on its staff yet. How dare they um, actually meet with people and, and discuss things first? Crazy. No, and, and obviously I think too, if Dennis Allen knew anything, that he did want to make a move on. He's not going to blurt it out to us first kind of thing. I think he knows that he talked about 7 and 10 obviously not being their standard and being able to get back to that standard. Where do you need the most improvement on this team? Obviously, I think we saw a defense that was able to close the year on a hell of a run. Unfortunately, there were a lot of miscues or mistakes in the late game situations, which kind of is really the biggest blemish of the D. I guess you could say the lack of takeaways as well, but the I put those late game situations where you just coughed away leads a, a much worse thing. But was, was that also because of them being so gassed from being out there so long because the offense couldn't remain on the field? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's going to be something that we can figure out this offseason. And that's like kind of where you are. I know DA said that he doesn't think they're that far away. And I think that's fair when you look at kind of the schedule, right? Like they, this isn't a team that lost to a bunch of bad teams. And I think that's when you're, when you're looking at a team and trying to figure out, okay, what, where do we stand in the, in the kind of 
spectrum of NFL teams, that's what you should look at. You know, did you lose two bad teams? Did you beat good teams? You know, where where are you? And I think this is a team that's right in the middle. They are an average team that beat teams that were worse than them. The exceptions would be the Seahawks and the Eagles. You know, those are both playoff teams. The other teams they beat, the Rams, the Raiders, the Falcons twice, and there's one more team in there. The Browns, right. So, you know, the only bad team you lost to was the Cardinals. Everyone else on that list was competitive. And I would argue that the Cardinals at that point were still considered to be a competitive team. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. You thought, okay, Kyler Murray's going to figure it out. So, like, the 4-13 four and four and 13 there is kind of misleading in terms of the level of talent they have on that team. But, like, I think that kind of sets you up to be able to say, yeah, we we need to beat the teams we're supposed to beat, and then you pick off a couple of playoff teams in, on the way, and that's how you make the playoffs, right? Like, you blew a game against the Bengals, you blew a game against the Bucks, and those are what kept you out of the playoffs. If those go differently, then you're right there. So, like, I do think it's fair to say they are close. The question is, how do you get over that? And I don't know how you do that without staffing changes. And so that's what I think you're going to see going forward. But the staffing change that you are not going to see based on what we heard this week and what every indication has been from the staff is that, you know, I don't think that we're going to see a head coaching change. I don't think that anyone on the, on the team expects that. And here's what Dennis Allen had to say about it when, when he was asked directly whether he expects to be back next season. I, I don't think there's any need to, to, you know, discuss that any further. Um, uh, and and I'm I'm certainly going forward with that, you know, anticipation. That's the indication that I've been given, and um, I'm excited about it. Look, you know, again, um, seven and ten is not where we want to be, um, you know. But uh, but we're not we're we're not as far off as 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 maybe some might think. Um, but there's areas that we have to improve on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Penalties, turnovers, definitely were a big killer all season long. You compound that with, I hate to lean on the injury issue, but that's for real. I mean, there were so many from the offensive line to the wide receiver core. And early on, that that just caused so many problems where you just, you couldn't really get that momentum going anywhere. No. No, and and again, we've said this all year. We're not really breaking any new ground on it. Like, you can't judge a head coaching tenure in the first year. I get it. People are frustrated. Like, you're going to find out a lot more about this team next season than you were able to this season. And hopefully they are able to figure out, you know, the medical staff and, and what's going on there. I don't know. Like, it's tough to say that there's anything specific that you can change with the medical staff and with the training staff. Because it's not like you had a ton of like soft tissue injuries. And that's what DA pointed to. It's like you're dealing with impact injuries. You're dealing with torn ligaments and and busted knees and and concussions. And these I don't know I don't know how you what you do from a training perspective 
to, to solve that, right? Like, I don't know if there's anything the trainers could have done to prevent Jameis Winston's foot from giving out on him. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not something they can handle, but it, it is, you see it year after year, and it's hard to accept it as just bad luck every year. You know, so there's got to be some common denominator. And I don't know if you try, if you try to change the turf. I noticed this, that they started practicing outside a lot more this year than they had in years past. I don't know if that had something to do with it to get them on like natural grass fields, but it's, there's some, you gotta, you gotta try some stuff there. Like you can't just keep saying, oh, it's bad luck. Like there's gotta be things you can do, but yeah, I don't know. That to me, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a killer when you don't have some of your top guys around. And now we've been, I feel like really robbed obviously of Michael Thomas's career. Who knows if he'll ever be that guy again. But I don't think we'll even find that out, sadly, after the reworking of this deal, that it doesn't look like it's going to be with the Saints. You know, it's all, everything's falling in line for him to be let go and try and get his career on track somewhere else. But it won't be with the Saints paying an exorbitant amount for a receiver that cannot stay on the field here, at least. And it's been frustrating because you would hate to see, obviously, Michael Thomas go anywhere in the NFC, God forbid the NFC South, like he ends up in Atlanta or something and ends up being, you know, quote unquote, a Saints killer from here on out. Yeah, here's what DA had to say on Mike uh, when we were asked him this week. Yeah, look, I think that's a, you know, it's a tough evaluation. But yet I know that that when he's been healthy for us, he's been a, a, a game changer type player. So um, again, we, we'll, we'll look at all these things. With the reworked contract, is that something you guys approached him about, or was it kind of a... That's probably a better question for Mickey in terms of that. You know, he handles most of those things. So, like, they're not going to they're not gonna tell you high or low. I think the most frustrating part for Mike and about Mike is it would have been honestly easier if he hadn't come out in week one and caught those two touchdown passes. Heck, the third touchdown pass in week two, because you saw, like, oh, oh, he can still do it, right? He Like, he's still got the, the ability, and he just can't stay on the field, and... That's far more frustrating than if he had never gotten out there at all. Because at least then it's like the sunken cost is clear. Because I, I have no doubt that if he could stay healthy, he could still be a very good NFL wide receiver. I'm just not sure you will ever see a full healthy season from him again. Because it's not... Wide receiver isn't a position where you typically will see year after year of injuries and then suddenly a guy's healthy again, right? Like usually it's, it's you know, like the Des Bryant, right? Like he was really, really good and then he wasn't. And these are very similar receivers, very similar play styles. And he never got back, right? Like he, he, the Saints signed him and he played literally 12 minutes of a practice and then blew out his knee and then he never, or his Achilles, and then never played again. Actually, I think he might have signed with the Ravens and played like one game. Either way, it's not always a question of, oh, maybe, you know, maybe the luck will shift and he won't get injured. It's like, your body is letting you down. And I think that's where Mike is right now. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he does get out there. I don't really care if he goes out to Atlanta and balls out. I'd like to see him play well. So like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shed any tears if he gets cut and goes and signs with an NFC South team. Cause I like Mike Thomas. I think I'd like to see him play well. And I think that's kind of where the team is at right now is they just don't wanna they don't wanna devote any more resources than they have to 
to a guy who you know they've given every every possible chance to to get back on the field. It's not like they've they've shortchanged Mike in any way. So I think that's just where you are with that. And we're going to get more into the wide receivers in the next segment. But, you know, the players you have on the roster make you feel a lot more optimistic about that. Yeah, just with with Mike T, obviously, we ever, all the Saints fans know his talent. It's just you're left frustrated with the fact of what would have, could have, should have been kind of thing and why. It just seemed like there were there were parts to the whole story that, you know, they weren't the brightest of moments, obviously, and... When that went sour, everything just went downhill from, you know, it seemed like the relationship to his performance. I think, you know, the idea is you just want to focus on the players on the team and the players that you are going to move forward with. The way DA phrased it was a young nucleus of players, and I think that's true. You have introduced a good group of young players onto this roster. That's where you want to grow with, and you want to just kind of move on from where you were before and try to figure out what's going forward. One of the players who you know got a glowing review from the head coach but is dealing with injuries is Trevor Penning and now this is a question that suddenly you have bookended your rookie season with you had a turf toe injury that required surgery and kept you out of half the season you finally got your chance to start in week 18 James Hurst shifted inside and I thought the offensive line looked decent early in the game I think they struggled as the game went on but that's what happens when you have you know four backups like there's only so much you can do and but late in the game, he left the field. It turned out to be a Liz Frank injury. If that sounds familiar, it's because it is. It's the same injury Cesar Ruiz is recovering from. It's the same injury Taysom Hill had in week 18 of last year. I mean, we don't know the severity of it. We don't know if it was exactly the same in terms of how it was hurt. But it's the same type of injury, and you're going to have to have the same type of surgery. And so that's going to impact Trevor's offseason. And... That's unfortunate because you really wanted this to be a full off season where you could go, you had a full game of tape from week 18. You could go over that you could, and you could improve upon it. And now the question is going to be another rehab process. How long does that take? How much of the off season is, is, is lost in terms of development? Is he going to be ready for the start of camp? Is he going to be ready for some of the off season stuff like the OTAs and the mini camp? I don't know. Taysom Hill wasn't out there for OTAs or minicamp, but he was able to get back for the first day of camp. So that's what you're going to hope for with Trevor. He's a young guy. Hopefully he can bounce back quicker. That's usually how that how that works. If when you're younger, you have a your recovery process a little quicker. So hopefully that's the case. And he's going to be able to hang out with Caesar as they're doing their rehab together because Caesar's only two weeks ahead of him in that process. But yeah, that's that's an unfortunate thing to have happen. Yeah, you saw him limp off the field in the finale kind of deal. And I was kind of surprised that, you know, they didn't bring the card out to bring him to the back. He kind of like waved them off, refused the kind of thing. I, I think he was, you definitely had that look of disappointment in his eye, obviously, to be suffering. Obviously, an, another really big setback to an early start in his career in the NFL already. You don't want to over-dramatize things, but two foot surgeries already, year one in the NFL is, it's a little worrisome, I guess you could say. Yeah, what I will say is I think a lot of young players come into the league with like undiagnosed stuff. And so maybe this is a situation where, you know, these were things that were going to happen either way. And it kind of just you're repairing them and then you're going forward. It's like it's like if you look at baseball, it seems like every pitcher at some point in their career has Tommy John surgery now. It's like it used to be a career ending thing. Now it's like you, if you didn't have it earlier in your career, you have to have it later in your career. And so I don't know if maybe that's a situation going on, but if you had to have an injury plagued season, I'd rather have it be the one that he wasn't going to start week one anyway. So 
you know, hopefully it's not something that holds him back because from, you know, the evaluation was good from what he did. And here's what uh, Dia had to say on that. The question was asked of me last night, what I think about how he played. I got a chance to watch the tape and I thought he played really well. I was highly encouraged by the way he played uh, the left tackle position. He got beat inside on, a, on an inside pass rush fairly early in the game. I thought he made a great adjustment afterwards and I love the players mentality about the way he plays the game. He plays the game tough, physical. He plays it nasty with a with a lot of lot of lot of tenacity. And those are all the adjectives that you wanted to hear about him and you you said going in. So that's a positive, even if it kind of comes with the bittersweet of like, well, three to five months on the on the pine. But yeah. No, it's just sad when you see obviously we we've seen the flashes of talent, you could say, from him. But it it kind of reminds me of a guy that kind of he, he was mostly healthy for this season and, and a Marcus Davenport. We didn't see uh, a whole lot of flash at all from him in the statistical category. Half a sack all year and then leaves on what might have been his last snap as a saying is on a fight in the finale, which is kind of, you know, funny knowing Marcus Davenport's personality. Yeah, he's not a guy who you expect to just haul off and hit somebody, but hey, you know, week 18, we have a half sack all season that probably doesn't sit well with you. I actually think you're going to end up seeing Marcus come back because you're going to get a great deal on him, <laughs> you know? Uh, we'll see if maybe he can bounce back and if he comes back on a short-term deal to kind of reset reset his value. But yeah, there are a lot of instances this season where you trusted someone to step up and they didn't do it. And so you can't put it all on Marcus, obviously. There was a lot of things that went wrong. But let's wrap up that segment there. We're going to come back with some of the positivity from this season, which is wide receiver Chris Olave. But I do have a question, which is, is he a wide receiver one? Stick around on Inside Black and Gold. 